This is going to be week number two of a teaching series that we are in called Psalm 23, His Voice in My Valley. And uh, last week I told you that as we're studying through Psalm 23, we're going to learn all kinds of stuff because there's really several subjects that can be hit. But the one thing I want us to walk out of here with every week is the knowledge and understanding that we are the sheep of a very good shepherd. Can I get some, some uh, holy nods and amens in this house? I mean, come on, right? Last week I told you that the life of a sheep relies heavily on the love of its shepherd. So every week you're going to see the level of love that a good shepherd has for a sheep. A good shepherd wants his sheep to thrive. A good shepherd wants his sheep to flourish, and he's going to exhaust himself to make sure that they do. And uh, listen, isn't the same true about God? Even more so, as our good shepherd, it's more so true. God's plans are for us to thrive, for us to prosper. His, the future that he has laid out for us is one of hope. Now listen to me. This does not mean that life is not going to be difficult at times. It will be. I think you guys know me well enough to know that that ain't the gospel I'm selling, right? There's going to be trials. There is going to be discomforts that come along the way. We're, we're going to hit parts of our life that are going to give us those freak out moments, right? Okay, look really quick uh, up at the screen. You're going to see Psalm 94, 19. I'm going to lead off this sermon, though we're in Psalm 23. I'm going to lead off with Psalm 94, verse 19. And it says, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, when my head is spinning around and around because of what's going on in my life, you know, that thing happened, whatever it is, whatever happened in your life, that thing that happened, and now my brain won't stop creating scenarios of what's going to happen next. Anybody? And they're never positive. They're always negative scenarios. You know what I'm talking about? And we're pacing and we're anxious and going back and forth. Listen, there is consolation. There is consolation in any of those situations. There is comfort that exists for me. The title of this sermon is going to be My Soul. You can write that at the top of your notes. Last week it was My Shepherd. This week it's My Soul. And let me go ahead and give you this whole sermon in one sentence. The presence of a shepherd will settle the soul of his sheep. The presence of a shepherd will settle the soul of his sheep. Let's go ahead and look at Psalm 23. We're going to be at verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The greatest thing for a shepherd to see when he, when he looks out over his flock is for them to be laying down. If they're laying down, that, they, that means that, that their soul is delighted. Okay, that means that they are comforted, that they are at rest, that they are at peace, they are content, they are flourishing, right? Life is good, all is well. 
the best thing a shepherd could see. But you have to understand something. Listen to me. The shepherd is the one who has made it possible for the sheep to lie down. You mean he pushed them down? (laughs) No. He has brought consolation to their agitation. Whatever might agitate them, he has brought peace. He has brought comfort, consolation. A flock that is restless, a flock that is discontented, always agitated and disturbed, never does well. By the way, this is true of people, right? Think about uh, family flocks, okay? Your, your family is a flock. Think about church flocks. Think about work flocks, you know, office flocks. Think about classroom flocks for you teachers. Sports teams flocks for you coaches, whatever. Think about it. A shepherd or a parent, or a pastor, or a boss, or a teacher, or a coach, always has their eyes open looking for, watching for agitation among their flock. And they figure out, if they see something, they're going to figure out ways to bring consolation, to bring peace to whatever the situation is, to their flock. And if you're here and you... um, you lead some sort of a team, you know, you're a boss or, or whatever, then this actually might be really helpful for you. Um, so feel free to listen to this from the perspective of a shepherd, but please don't miss what you need to hear as a sheep, okay? In one of my favorite books written by uh, Philip Keller, he talks about four things that aggravate the flock. And he's talking about a flock of sheep. Four things that aggravate the flock. And there is fear, Friction, flies, and food. And you can, you can imagine how ecstatic I am that they all start with the same letter. You guys know me. This is good stuff, all right? And it's not my stuff, but it's good stuff, okay? For the soul of a sheep to be at rest, for her to lie down, there's got to be a sense of freedom in those areas. And the only the shepherd can provide the freedom from the anxieties that can arise in, in these four areas of aggravation. So let's look at those. The first one is fear, if you want to write it down. Fear. And we're actually going to spend quite a bit of time a few weeks from now on fear, but I want to share enough with you tonight to help you understand how fear um, serves as an agitator to a flock of sheep, okay? And you may not know this. Actually, you might because I think I mentioned it last week, but sheep are very skittish. They're skittish animals. I mean, they can freak out like that. I mean, just anything can make them freak out. And when one of them freaks out, they're all going to freak out. Okay. It's just inevitable. I was, you guys know I have sheep. We talked about that last week. The first night that I had my sheep. Okay. I I had, uh, we have this barn on the back of our barn. It's kind of a lean to that you can walk through, drive through. It's open. Wind can go through. And so I built a little um, eight by eight um, cattle panel pen for them, right? A sheepfold. We learned that last week. And, uh, and I put them in there at night when it got dark so they'd be safe. It was the first night. I didn't know, you know, I want to make sure they're okay. So later that night, around 9 or 9.30, I suppose, it was definitely dark. I go out there and I guess I was walking quietly. I don't know. I come around the corner and as soon as they saw me, they freaked out. I mean, it, you, you would have, I don't even know what you, I can't even describe what happened. 
they all just started jumping and flailing around and the cattle panels are flying around. And I'm like, what, what, what? You know, what's happening? Is there a snake or is there a coyote? Is there a bear? Is there a T-Rex in here? What's going on? And so, I mean, it really, it literally got crazy. And in fact, one of the sheep somehow got her head caught in between two cattle panels. I thought she was going to break her neck. And it took forever. This is my first night, y'all. I'm like, oh, man. It took me forever to put those cattle panels back and, and put their pen back in order and then to go find them and get them back into the pen. Okay, that was my first night, my first experience. And so it was crazy. It was so skittish. Even during the day, even during the day, they're very aware of what's going on because they're, they have no way to protect themselves. I mean, they can run, but they're slow as Christmas. If you're not from Texas, y'all explain it to them. You know, they're slow. They have no way to defend themselves. They're literally helpless creatures. Uh, creatures. You guys do know that we're helpless, right? Humans are helpless. That's why Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So stick close, right? Abide in me, I'll abide in you. Everything's gonna be fine. Fear is what a predator produces. And if you want to write that down, you can. Fear is what a predator produces. And fear is the opposite of faith. And so we have to watch out for predators. And they're always on the prowl. Remember 1 Peter 5, 8? Peter said, you got to be alert. You got to be sober-minded. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Okay, so it's, it's up to the shepherd to make sure that the sheep are protected from predators. Whenever I asked my uncle about getting some of his sheep, selling some to me, he said, sure. And we, you know, settle it all. And he said, man, the first thing you need to do is you need to put up a hot wire around the perimeter of your property. And not so much to keep the, the sheep in, but to keep the predators out, uh, coyotes, dogs, whatever, that might want to, you know, have lamb chops for dinner. And uh, he was telling me a story of how one little area of his, his uh, electric fence, his hot wire, went down and, and got busted or something happened. And uh, the way that he knew, the way that he noticed is that one of his sheep was missing. He went out to look for him and one of his sheep was missing. And so uh, one of the first thing he did is he looked for the sheep, couldn't find it. So he started walking the perimeter to see if there was a breach in his hot wire. And he found it way kind of out in the back of his pasture. He found it. He's like, ah. And so he immediately fixed it. And, and uh, if he hadn't, he would have just kept losing sheep. You guys understand that? He would have just kept losing them. Because it says, look, be alert, be sober-minded. The enemy, your, uh, the, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. In our case, the devil wants to devour our faith. You guys see that? The predator is producing fear, which is the opposite of faith. And so he's trying to devour, eat up our faith. And so we have to protect our perimeter. But listen to me, everybody listen. Even when you put up safety measures to protect your perimeter, you have to be alert and sober-minded. Okay, you can't expect the hot wire to do the work. It's almost like parenting. Think about how we've become accustomed to letting the TV babysit our kids. Hey, listen, there's a predator coming through that TV. You know, maybe you think you're doing something good. Sit there on the couch, little buddy. And watch Thomas or whatever. You know, I guess there's not anything back coming through Thomas, is it? Although the way he rolls his eyes scares me every time I see it, you know. It's like, that's freaky. Talk about freak out moment. Listen, the church 
may be a hot wire in your life. It might be something that you've put in place to protect the perimeter of your home. But listen to me. The church, the church, it's, it's great, but listen, you still have to be alert. You are the pastor of your kids. I'm either pastor, yes, but I'm really more of an assistant coach. Katie is an assistant coach to you. You are their pastor. You are the one that needs to make sure everything's okay. Don't count on the, the hot wire of the church. You guys hear what I'm saying there? And I thought about something today, and I'm going to get a little personal here, but thinking about your home, thinking about your computers and your phones and your iPads, your devices. And I thought about how some, most, hopefully, people will put internet blockers on their phones and stuff to protect. But listen, you guys, sheep are smart. Sheep are going to find the breach in the fence. They're going to get out. Kids are smart. Teenagers are smart. You need to be monitoring their texts, their websites, their photos. Putting some sort of boundaries in place. Okay, don't expect your, your internet blocker as a hotwire to do all the work. You've got to actually get in there and figure out what's going on. Maybe set some boundaries. Maybe, the, maybe they don't need a phone or maybe they just need a flip phone with no Smartphone. Maybe they need a dumb phone. You can even say that. Here's your dumb phone, you know. <laughs> I'm serious, you guys. Maybe they only have it and use it when they're away from home, when they need to call and get, you come and get them, or whatever. You guys hear what I'm saying? Maybe they don't need a phone in their room at night. My word. What could they be looking at in their room alone? Well, that's okay. We got a blocker. <laughs> Listen to me. Parents, be pastors. Be shepherds to your sheep. Love them because the life of a sheep heavily relies on the love of its shepherd. Approve their apps. What apps do they have? You, don't, you need to know what apps are what. Are you here? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? We've been going through Growing Kids God's Way. We've been, we've been stirring the, the heart of parents in our congregation. I just want to add that little tidbit, especially to those of you who are um, parents of teenagers, the enemy is always prowling. You need to be ready for his pounce. Do you understand what I'm saying? All the time, all the time, all hours, all the time. I remember, um, I don't know if you remember this, Melissa. One night, my mother-in-law, Charlotte, she's not here. They're getting back from being out of town. One night, it was like five, I say night, it was early morning, 5.30, 5, 5.30, really early she comes running from their mother-in-law suite down the hall and, and, um, and she opens our door and something's getting our sheep. Something's getting our sheep. I was like, what, what? And I'm, so I go and I boom, ran into the door. I thought I was going to, you remember that? I thought I was going to knock a wall down. And so I run out to the barn and I get my boots on and I don't even know what else I had on. It was probably a pretty incredible sight, you know. <laughs> and I go up there to the barn and the sheep are like, meh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, and what had happened is our neighbor, she gets up really early to go to work. And uh, I guess she heard something out there and thought something was killing my sheep. And she called Charla and Charla runs in there. And now I'm out in the middle of the yard naked with my rubber boots on, you know. <laughs> Thank God it was still dark. <laughs> anyway, I was beginning to wonder, is this a practical jerk, joke? Somebody's out there with a camera. I <laughs> got him. You know, get ready, Facebook, get ready. 
Anyway, what was I telling that? Oh, being, just being ready all the time. All the time. Listen to me. When a sh- and they were just laying there. They were fine. They were laying there. They, were, they, were, they felt safe. But when a sheep doesn't feel safe, when there is fear in the air, when there's a threat of a predator, they will not lie down, even if it's in the middle of the night. They will stand themselves all night long, and you can imagine how miserable that will be. They're posturing themselves to be ready to run at a moment's notice. But when they feel safe, they will lie down. They will rest. A hot wire may offer protection. But you know, you know sheep don't know that, right? They don't know what, they just think, oh, stay away from it. What really settles the soul of the sheep is being near their shepherd. Remember what we said? The presence of a shepherd will settle the soul of his sheep. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, do not fear for I am with you. Isn't that good? It's talking about God. God saying, I'm with you. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Don't freak out, all right? For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 56 verse three says, when I am afraid, okay, because fear will pounce on us. The predator's gonna come in. He'll pounce on us. We'll find ourselves afraid. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. It's another way of saying, I will counteract that fear with faith. You guys see that? The shepherd is their protector. When the shepherd is near, the sheep will lie down. They will rest. They will find consolation. The second thing I said was friction. And the friction that Mr. Keller is talking about in this book is is tension. It's rivalry. It's competition within the flock. Okay, Every type of animal family has an order of dominance uh, or status uh, within the group. Like we have 23 hens and we have a rooster and there is a pecking order. You guys have heard of pecking order? How many of you heard of that? There truly is a pecking order. It's so interesting. In sheep, it's called the budding order, okay? An older you will be the boss of other sheep. She may, she may um, butt them or push them or edge them away from the feed or maybe the best grazing area or maybe the best place to find shade and she will boss them. She will, she will butt them around. And then what happens is all the other ones learn that behavior and so all of them go down the line. They start, they start bullying the sheeps that are smaller or younger to them. You guys understand what I'm talking about? And uh, all of them start acting crazy. And when that happens, it's no good. Because sheep will not lie down when there is friction in the flock. You understand? They have constantly, they'll stay standing up because basically they're, the whole time they're fighting for their rights. The right to feed, the right to drink, the right to lay down, the right to you know, graze, whatever. That kind of conflict, that kind of jealousy will put the entire flock on edge and they'll become discontent. They'll find themselves you know, irritable. Even though everything they need is all around them, they'll get irritable. They'll actually start, they'll even start losing weight simply because of some of the social friction within the group. So are we not the same way? Are we literally not just like that? We fight for position. We fight for recognition. That desire to that desire to be the top sheet, the ambition to get ahead will cause us to butt heads. 
that will cause us to jockey for position. A lot of us like the book of James, and it's a tough book. In chapter 3, verse 16, he says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice, meaning bad things will happen. Later in the next chapter, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, he says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. James, man. Nobody says it like James does. You covet, but you can't get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. (laughs) Look at Ezekiel 34. I literally want you to turn there. Okay, Ezekiel 34. It's in the, uh, right there in the middle of the prophets there. Ezekiel 34, I'll give you a second because I want you to see this and, and even mark the area in your Bible. It's important to go back and read this. And this is something that, that has to do with shepherds and sheep. And so I really want you to see it in your Bible, okay? Ezekiel chapter 34, and, and starting in verse 15, I'll begin reading and, and hopefully you're getting close to being there. I will feed my flock and I will lead them to rest. I love that that starts with that. I will lead them to rest. It really is the heart of the shepherd, declares the Lord God, I will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, bind up the broken, and strengthen the sick. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. Verse 17, as for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will judge between the sheep, one sheep and another, between the ram and the male goats. Verse 18, and and focus in on this. Listen to what he says. Is it too slight a thing for you that you should feed in the good pasture, that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pastures, or that you should drink of the clear waters, and that you must foul the rest with your feet? As for my flock, they must eat what you tread down with your feet and drink what you have fouled with your feet. And what he's saying there is like, you go and you eat all that you want, and then you go around just messing with the rest of the grass so everybody else can't eat. You go to the clear waters, the clear still waters and fresh cool, and you, you drink all that you want, and then you muddy it up so nobody else can have any. It's like, wow, what is he talking about? He's intense. I know that much. Look what he says in verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and with shoulder, and you thrust at all the weak with your horns until you have scattered them abroad. Therefore, I will deliver my flock, and they will no longer be prey. And I will judge between one sheep and another. (laughs) You can look up here. That's intense. You guys ever read that before? That's crazy. A good shepherd will put an end to that kind of strife. He will deliver his flock. I was telling you guys last week about Ramuel. And how we eventually had him slaughtered and we've been eating on him. Last night we had some more. It was so good. Ramuel. You guys get it? He's a ram and Samuel, but Ramuel. Anyway, Ramuel was just mean. And so he's at the feeding trough. He's butting people out of the way. Or not people, but sheep. He's butting them out of the way. But when the mothers had their lambs, the lambs would come up. I mean, he's daddy, right? And so they're up there. Hey, I want to be like dad. I want to play with that. And he would literally, you know what I'm talking about. He would take these things and butt them halfway across the pasture. And I would run up there and 
bop him on the back of the head. I'm not sure he didn't like it that, you know, he, he, he was into the budding thing, so he probably liked it when I smacked him on the head. But I wouldn't have it. I'm not going to let him act like that, you know? I was thinking about something that I've heard people say about Soma Church. I've heard people say that they appreciate, that they really enjoy the fact that there's no political junk in our church. You guys know what I'm talking about? I've heard that so many times. No strife, no backbiting. And it's because I'm a fierce protector of this flock. And not just me, the rest of our under-shepherds. We're fierce protectors of this flock. I deal with people directly as soon as I hear about stuff going on. I don't waste any time. Aren't you guys glad? I mean, really, how many of you? You know, I've heard people say, Soma felt so safe. Soma feels like a safe place. Did you know that that's what we pray almost every week in staff? Lord, we pray that this week people would come in and that Soma would feel like a safe place for them. And I believe it is a safe place for them. And it's because the under-shepherds around here, the under-shepherds keep the good shepherd at the center of, of our responsibilities, at the center of our relationships. And what have we learned tonight? The presence of a shepherd will settle the soul of his sheep. And that's why Soma is a safe place. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. Flies. Flies. You write down Flies. Certain times of the year are worse than others, but parasites and insects can be a serious issue, a serious problem with sheep. And so you think about flies and you think about worms, parasites, okay? Uh, external aggravations and then internal aggravations. Flies, they, it's an external aggravation. It keeps them uh, up, okay, on their feet, stomping around. They're, they're literally stomping around trying to keep the flies off of them, you know? And, and think about the calories they're burning, man, you know? It's like being on the stair stepper. You see a sheep out there, you're on the stair stepper trying to keep the flies off of them, okay? It's a big deal. It's, it's, it keeps them from lying down and being at rest, and it takes away from their calories. It takes for, away from their, their, um, their thriving. And then you think about worms. You think about the parasites. That's an internal aggravation, and, and they're unable to get comfortable inside. And so you guys ever had a stomach ache or maybe you've had parasites, you've been worming, you know, or something going on. And you know what I'm talking about? And you just can't get comfortable. And the last thing that feels comfortable is laying down. You feel like you got to move and you feel like you got to walk around or something. You guys understand? That's the situation for the sheep. But here's the deal. If that internal aggravation gets too bad, a sheep will lie down, but not in a peaceful way. It'll be in a painful way. At that point, they've basically just resolved to suffer because there's absolutely nothing that, nothing that they can do about the situation. And I want to be very clear on this point. The, these aggravations that I'm talking about, they parallel, they point to personal offenses. Personal offenses for the believer, for the sheep. It starts with some annoying fly, right? Buzzing around, something that bugs you about a person or about a situation, about a scenario. And if we don't get freedom from that agitation, it can get inside of us and it, be, it can begin offending our insides, right? It can begin offending our soul. And listen, there's nothing more dangerous than a person who is holding on to an offense. And some of you know what I'm talking about. And, and this idea of, of being free from a, of a 
fence is really all over the, the Bible. You see it a lot in Proverbs. A couple of scriptures I'll throw out there. Proverbs 19.11. Good sense makes one slow to anger. In other words, someone that has good sense knows don't be quick to anger. Let things go. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory, his reputation to overlook an offense, to not be an offended person. Proverbs 18, verse 19 says, a brother offended, check this out, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, a fortified city. A brother offended is more unyielded than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. And I think it was talking about a prison. It's talking about a dungeon. <laughs> and the only way a sheep can be free from this type of aggravation is if the shepherd applies the right repellent beforehand to ward off the flies, right? Or maybe the right dewormer or whatever to keep the worms away. Okay, beforehand, the, the repellent. Or the shepherd, if something does get through, the shepherd applies the right relief. Something does happen to get in, get through. You know, in ancient times, they didn't have all the chemicals that we have now. They didn't have the, the dewormers, and they didn't have the, um, the, the fly sprays and all those things. All they had was oils, different kinds of oils, maybe olive oil or this. They used oils to uh, treat and to uh, repel and to relief the sheep. Listen to me. This points to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We talk about this all the time. This points to the healer in our life, the comforter in our life, the counselor without the Holy Spirit working in us to purify us from the inside out. The inside of us, the soulless part of who we are, every thought, every emotion, every offense, we will shrivel up and die presence of a shepherd will settle the soul of his sheep. And we talk about this all the time. Like, like I said, so, you know, I'll, I'll move on from this. I would advise you two things. I thought about this this morning. I advise you two things. Go back on the podcast and listen to, I think it's 12 weeks of Holy Spirit Reign series on the Holy Spirit. Because you're going to learn about the, um, the person, the work, the power, um, of the Holy Spirit. But the other thing is this, and this will be easier because it's just one sermon. A few weeks ago, Melissa taught on forgiveness. You need, if you haven't here, how many of you were here for that? Remember Melissa taught on that? If you weren't here, you need to go back and listen to that, especially if you know that you have internal offensive, offensive, whatever, parasites, and you need to forgive. You need to let some things go. Go back and listen to that because it was powerful. The last thing is food. And this one should feel kind of like a, a familiar topic as well because we talk about the word and feasting on the, on the word and the things of the Lord all the time. But listen, bottom line, if a sheep is hungry, it won't lie down. <laughs> if a sheep is hungry, it's not going to lie down. Why? Because it's foraging for food. It's looking for food. It's looking for a place to graze. It is, it is dreaming of green pastures, but he can't find any. She can't find any. You know, most people hear, he makes me lie down in green pastures. They hear that verse and they focus on the green pastures. As in the, Lord's, the Lord wants to bring me to spacious places and give me all that I have and all that I need. And, and I'm going to have my fill. I'm going to, you know. And that's all right. It's all true. It is definitely part of what his heart is for us. But where do those fields come from? Think about it. David wrote these, this, these verses. 
And when he wrote them, he, he was imagining the work that it took to provide green pastures. You know, most countries that are all about sheep are semi-arid places, you know, dry places. In fact, sheep actually thrive better because parasites aren't as big of an issue in dry places, okay? And so, for the most part, if a, if a lush, green pasture paddock exists, it's because the shepherd worked his tail off to provide it. You guys understand what I'm saying? Nod your head if you're picking up what I'm laying down. And I'm actually going to talk about that in another week, so I won't spend too much time on that. But here's what I want you to get tonight, okay? And you can write this, this down. Our soul, our soul longs to be satisfied. Our soul longs to be satisfied. It's like when you go out to eat. You guys know what I'm talking about. You go to a restaurant, and especially, it's, it's a little, maybe even a little pricey. And what, what always happens at pricier restaurants? Somebody tell me what happens at pricier restaurants. Tiny portions. You never get enough. And you're just like, <laughs> and the atmosphere is amazing. The music is perfect level. The waitress or waiter is just so good. But you're leaving hungry. All you, you left, and it was a great experience except for you're starving. Our soul longs to be full. If I go to a restaurant, I want to leave like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to be full. I want to barely be able to get my seatbelt on, okay? That's just natural in us. Our soul longs to be satisfied. And listen, here's the other thing. Only God can satisfy our soul. Only God can satisfy our soul. A few scriptures. Psalm 107 verse 9 says, For he satisfies the longing soul. I love that. He satisfies the longing soul. And the hungry soul, he fills fills with good things. Green pastures. Plenty to eat. Job 28, 37. This is in the form of a question, but he's painting a picture. Who sends rain to satisfy the parched ground and make the tender grass spring up? Of course, the answer is God. And he's having this conversation with Job. Most of you know what I'm talking about. Isaiah 58, 11. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun's scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You guys hearing these promises? He will do that. Psalm 63 verse 5 says, You satisfy me as with rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. And I was thinking earlier today about how we, we say things like that, you know, in our, our little Christian facades. We, and maybe it's not a facade, but we say things like that. You satisfy me. Lord, you satisfy me with rich foods. Or we sing about it. You satisfy me to the depths of my soul. You know, and we're... we're... People ask, how you doing, man? How are things going? Oh, man, life is good. Couldn't be better. Man, I'm just doing great. You do realize that actions speak louder than words. Right? Actions speak louder than words. A good shepherd doesn't come out and listen to his flock. He doesn't listen over his flock. A shepherd comes out and looks over his flock. He watches over his flock. He watches out for predators to keep them from being afraid so that they will rest. 
He watches out for strife among the sheep to keep them from being bullied so that they will rest. He watches out for signs of parasite to keep them from being eaten alive from the inside out by offensive worms and parasites so that they will rest. He even watches over the pastures, the land, the field to keep them nice and lush so the sheep will feed knowing that when they do, they will find rest. All of these things require him being there. All of these things require the shepherd to be close, to be attentive, to be actively involved in their life. What happens when we put ourselves in God's care? Seriously, what happens when we put ourselves in God's care and we let him be actively involved in our lives? Yeah, it was our sermon in a sentence tonight. Well, the presence of a shepherd will settle the soul of his sheep. That's what happens couple of questions as we kind of come to an end here. What is the condition of your soul? I mean, take inventory. If you want to write it down or just think about it mentally inside your head and your heart, what, what is the condition of your, of your soul? Do you struggle with fear and insecurity? Is insecurity, fear, anxiety something that you struggle with? Do you struggle with insignificance? Feeling less than? Feeling like you're looked down upon? Feeling like you're not enough and so somehow you got to prove it? Do you struggle with unforgiveness? Is there unresolved anger, offense in your life? Eaten up with offense. Offenses that go back years and years and years and years and years and years and years. years. Do you struggle with discontentment? Do you try to, hear what I'm saying? Do you try to satisfy your soul with things other than God himself? Other than what he has for you? Other than the things that he's made available for you? Let's stand. Those are four questions. And the, the truth is, is that all of us could probably answer yes to at least one of those. Here's what I want us to do tonight. I want us to pray these three things out loud together. As an act of response tonight, I want us to pray three prayers based upon those scriptures I read earlier. Ready? Lord, will you satisfy this longing soul, this hungry soul with good things? Lord, will you send rain to satisfy this parched ground and make the tender grass spring up. Lord, will you guide me always and satisfy my needs in this sun-scorched land and strengthen my frame? Lord, we pray that we truly would see who you are as a good and loving, attentive shepherd. And that even as we prayed these simple prayers, read them aloud, prayed them aloud together, that something is transpiring in the spirit. And Lord, we know that we're limited on time and, and things here in this moment. But Lord, these questions that we can ask ourselves about the condition of our soul, 
these prayers that we ask. Lord, we want to be in your presence, in your presence, knowing that our soul finds rest there, that you settle the soul of your sheep when you are near. I pray for anyone in this room tonight that has not been near the shepherd, the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that they would press in with a simple prayer of, Lord, I come before you and humble myself. Would you be attentive to my prayer? And that they would continually pray these three things. And I pray all of this, believing, trusting in faith, Faith that's not been robbed by fear, but faith believing that you will answer, you will respond because you are watching over us all. You are attentive to every need. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.